You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at two more episodes of Logan's Run. We'll be looking at episode 12, Night Visitors, and episode 13, Turnabout. But we'll start with Night Visitors. In an homage to Bulwer Lytton, it was a dark (laughs) and stormy night. The solar car is running low. Ram and his pets may have to spend the night in the car. In the flashes of lightning, they think they see two people standing in the rain, but they disappear. Creeped out, they continue on until they find a beautiful old house. They're sure they see a light inside, but no one appears to be home. Until the two people from the road show up. They are Barton and Mariana. They're creepy, but accommodating. Mariana is expecting Gavin to return this very night. But Barton thinks he will never be seen again. But he appears, not at the persistently knocking front door, but in the living room. He, too, is Mr. Creepsville. Gavin asks them if they believe in what is, or what might be. Logan and Rem come down solidly on the side of pragmatism. Jessica, not so much. Gavin likes her answer. They retire for the night, and creepy things happen. Rem postulates to Logan that these people are actually ghosts trapped in this haunted house. Jessica is spirited away by Gavin. Logan is given a vision in a mirror and finds a key. They use this information to track down Jessica. Gavin, Barton, and Mariana, plus a second woman, made a deal with the Prince of Darkness hundreds of years ago for power. But he holds the second woman, Gavin's woman, in a death-like state in a coffin, waiting for someone to willingly take her place. Gavin plans to convince Jessica to take her place, perhaps not entirely willingly either. As the dead woman begins to arise, Logan and Rem arrive. Logan shoots the coffin, and the ghosts are all gone. Next morning, it's a bright and beautiful day, and they leave, unbeknownst to them. The curtains in the upper window draw back, as if someone is looking out at them. The end. Okay, night visitors. Oh, what you think? Um, uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I bet the next episode's even better than this one. <laughs> wow. Oh. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down here, and this is a stupid line to draw in the sand, but I'm gonna draw it. Yeah. Anyway, this is freaking ghosts. Yeah. This is this is Satan and the Prince of Darkness and ghosts and a haunted house. Yeah, this is, this is a science fiction show, Not sci-fi. Yeah, and and we've already run out of things to deal with with the world <laughs> destroyed. And different civilizations cropping up all over the place that we had to have a freaking ghost story. Yeah. That's pretty much the long and short of it. And I I feel cheated. I, I don't mind a ghost story. I don't mind a ghost story. But, you know, when I'm expecting a ghost story. But if mm-hmm. Star Trek did a ghost story, I would expect there to be some pseudo-scientific explanation. Right. Right. You know, some... 
aliens in the guise of something that we're projecting in our minds, you know, a la, was it Cat's Paw from Star yeah. Trek? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or something. But, but this is literally four people made a deal with a devil. Uh huh. And now they're trapped in this house because great deal, huh? And, uh, oh, yeah. I have a feeling that they only show up on dark and stormy nights. Perhaps. So you, you Perhaps. live forever, but it's always dark and always storming, and time flies by at whatever interval the storms occur at. So it could be, you know, between storms, it could be, you know, months. Maybe even if it's not, weather. even if it's not on nights when there's a storm, because they do kind of imply that, you know, it's nights like this, I expect Gavin to be back. That when, could be. And that yeah. would kind of imply there are nights not like that. But, but I don't know. You're, you're <laughs> right. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And it's like, I'd really like to know more terms of this deal because this sounds like a really bad deal. And I know you're supposed to get really bad deals with the devil. Yeah, so they you, lost you know, their souls, and the guy's wife was put into limbo for an indeterminate amount of time until they could find somebody to replace her. What and, the and heck? Did she agree? Did she agree to this? I mean, was she one of the four people? And then, then old Pod says, "And by the way, only three of you, you in the coffin." Look. Yeah, and and <laughs> let let's just go ahead and plant the flag right here. So. If we are to believe the premise of this story, Gavin has traveled the world. Yes. He was halfway around the world. Yes. He's been looking at civilizations and, and all the various things in the collapsed world Never. that that exists now. And in all that time, he's been searching. He has not found someone as gullible as Jessica. Apparently. And to her credit, she's not that gullible in this. No, not really. Just mine's a little bit less analytical than one would like, but that's fine. Takes all types. And let's just pick on that analytical bit. Would you like to believe in what could be, or would you like to believe in what is? It's like, well... It's a silly question, but... I'm a pretty analytical person, and I also believe in what could be. Isn't Right? There, there could yeah. be. There could be chocolate pie for Christmas. Well, yeah. Or <laughs> it they... could happen. It's yeah, like, there could be some behind the door of the cupboard. Yeah, you don't know. I, what could yeah, be? I, I, I'm not, I'm not, that's not an invitation to say I believe any old crazy nonsense could happen. Right. It's just, sure, there are things that, that could be, sure. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't believe that we don't have a future or that we shouldn't try to figure out what's going to happen or we try to shape it. I mean, that's how we make those things happen, but it just... It was kind of the way he phrased it, as if, well, if you if you believe that nonsense, have, have we got a prince of darkness for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thus, the remarkably poor deal they managed to strike. Apparently so. Apparently so. But they have power. They have power. They yes. can walk through walls. Mm -hmm. Apparently, as long as they stay. Of course, if Gavin can leave, why are Barton and Mariana there? I don't know. Maybe that's another part of the deal. They they're they're housebound. I uh, this does not sound like a deal. This sounds like a curse. <laughs> there you go. Huh. One man's curse uh, is another man's deal. Yeah, it it was not a good episode. It was definitely not a good episode. Um, but but it was nicely atmospheric. 
I suppose. And really great if you're into ship paintings. I think every room <laughs> had at least three of them. Do you think that was a real house? I mean, I know the exterior was. Yeah, I think so. There was enough detail in, in things. If it wasn't, then it was a set for a movie that was done well. And they must have gone in there and just gotten, you know, like all the ship paintings from the prop department and threw them up real fast to <laughs> disguise it or something like that. I mean, yeah. It wasn't just I... ship paintings. There were ship parts in there, too. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get take the opportunity to try to find out what house the exteriors were. It's one I've seen before. It reminds me of the type of house that was in that one James Bond movie uh, that set that was set in California. Roger Moore, can't remember the name of it though. Uh Roger Moore, California could be uh, View to a Kill. It might be it. It's got a fancy neo Victorian home in it. Oh yeah. Oh oh. Uh, well, that could be Moonraker as well. Yeah. That was more of a castle. Yeah, I, I I almost think they've used this house before in Logan's Run from a different angle, but I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> That's possible. I don't think it's Mr. Rourke's house from Fantasy Island, but sure. um, but it's, you know, it, it, it's probably one they... I, I don't know. I, no, I did. I actually thought that uh, Barbara Babcock and uh, Paul Manti, who were Barton and Marianne... <laughs> They they were doing a good job, particularly Barbara Babcock and those sort of wild staring eyes oh, that yeah. she was doing. Yeah. They, they they were definitely throwing off the something's wrong with these two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's nothing reassuring about these people. There is definitely something off. And and good old Mr. Uh Maharis is Gavin. <laughs> it's like, is that really the way you wear your hair or is that makeup? Because if you really wear your hair that way, you're definitely going for the I'm in league with the devil look. Oh, definitely, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a hell of a bunch of caves underneath that place, weren't they? Oh, that was quite amazing. Uh, and hats off to the, the guy who did the, uh, the the cave design, the set dressing for that. That was really good. Those look really, really unlike crinkled up paper and foam stretched over chicken wire. Yeah, it was it wasn't bad. It did have a sort of uh dugout cavern not cavern, but you know, dugout basement kind of if it weren't for that it was like sixteen miles long. And but, the uh, floors are perfectly flat. Yeah. But they they had nice a regular surface texture. Some of it was shiny, some of it wasn't and you know, a lot of a uh, lot of small detail in there. So you know, that was nice. I I had the opportunity to go into a an old house that's uh, over in Mesa, mm -hmm. and it has a it's an old house and it has a a basement, mm -hmm. and I got to go down in it. It's generally unsafe for people <laughs> to go into. I mean, it's it's used for storage, and the stairs feel like something that were done seventy five years ago. And haven't been updated since then. Probably mm -hmm. wouldn't think. But when you actually get down into the bottom, it is a dugout basement. All right. But it does not have walls, per se. It's dug out into the, the rock and the caliche. Okay. So it's got rock yeah. walls. Yeah. And it looks very much like that that cave. Oh, you know, it the house in Besa, the thing is, I don't know, 15 by 10 or 15 by 15 mm -hmm. or something. It's not huge. But it's unlike anything I've been in before in real life and <laughs> it was like this that 
basement, whatever they want to call that in that house. I keep calling it a cave. It's not a cave. It's obviously not a cave. It's been dug out, but it's yeah, an it's underground. Yeah, a series of tunnels, a very, very tunnels, elaborate yeah. root, root cellar type thing. <laughs> With no roots. Yeah, yeah. I, you, okay. Just a big metal door. <laughs> we'll, we'll just, we'll pick on that for a second. I can understand digging a root cellar. I can understand digging stuff to store things in. Uh-huh. None of that appeared to be the function of this. It no. just appeared to be a bunch of tunnels that kind of wandered around aimlessly. <laughs> well, like, you know, maybe that just... was, uh, you know, originally it was a root cellar, but now, you know, many years after the apocalypse, it has changed into more of a, uh, a place to have a, a relaxing stroll on a, a dark yeah. and stormy night. It's our it's our shelter from the fallout. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. What did you think about the fact that who was the person that jumped to the conclusion that it was ghosts? Hmm. The guy that uh, two and two is always four. Is it one and one is always four? Yeah, our our yeah. friendly neighborhood robot overlord, android and android overlord, mechanical Fine. man. Sure, he clunks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, Logan, I. I I've been looking at the records from the before times, and, and people used to uh, believe that uh, such things as ghosts, therefore this is it. It's like, well, you know, hold on, Rem, we can't have it both ways. Look, you make it sound like silly primitive people used to believe this nonsense. Well, you know, if you think about real. it, if you think about it, that's what he was uh, dragging up in his, his memory banks and applying it to what he was observing and came to the conclusion that those, I wouldn't say facts, that that information matches what they're perceiving. So, for now, it must be ghosts until we get then more he, information. That so you actually, could say that he was correct. I mean, he was right. He was right. He was right. Well, were they ghosts or were they, I don't know, something else? But, yeah, they were supernatural beings. Actually, yeah. you know, that that's a... They might not have been ghosts. They just might have been stuck in there or just, you know... Some sort of manifestation of spiritual energy or demons or something. Yeah. Or most. terribly old and not very motivated. And <laughs> uh, able to walk through walls. Yeah. Yes. The interesting thing is, now that you now that you bring it up, I'm going to try to drag something out of this episode. Sure. One of my little bugbears is when we watch television, we know what we're seeing is a fantasy. It doesn't matter whether it's a realistic show or whether it's a, a sci-fi show or it's a comedy or whatnot. It's it's still fiction, mm-hmm. right? Any TV show you're watching is fiction. So if they throw a ghost into a show that's supposed to be reality-based, we can we can accept that. Maybe we don't like it. Like in this case, I don't like it, but that's what they're telling me. Right. It's a ghost. Ghost is real. We're done. Right. What always doesn't work for me not always but usually doesn't work for me is how the characters in that world respond mm-hmm. like, do they live in a world where ghosts can and cannot exist do they do they not believe do they require extraordinary evidence you know kolchak the the night stalker the original movie here's a hard-bitten reporter who does not believe in the supernatural who is presented with the evidence that says here is the supernatural mm-hmm. and he therefore must follow the evidence right, and come to that conclusion in a world where 
vampires shouldn't exist. It, it it's an interesting portrayal, but a lot of other shows are are too quick to allow them to believe that it is a ghost. When if these same things happen to you, you would spend an awful lot of time working on the this cannot possibly be a ghost because ghosts don't exist. Right, right. So it's kind of interesting that, as you say, Rem the computer does pattern matching and says that's a ghost. Yes. He he accepts the facts and immediately jumps to the conclusion, okay, ghosts. Mm-hmm. Didn't think they existed, but apparently they do. Right. In that case, actually, I can accept Rem being the one that mm-hmm. makes that. It's kind of interesting that Logan and Jessica don't even know what they are. Yes. that that Yeah. So apparently... The uh, the concept of Halloween is completely alien for everybody in the Dome City, City of Domes. Well, no yeah. spooks, no specters, no ghosts, nothing no haunted. Kids asking for candy. Mm-hmm. Just the cubs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Here's another one that bugged me about the episode. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm, again, I think they were right to go down the path of, oh, I get it. You can't make me take her place unless I agree to it. Because that makes sense. It, 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 in the context of, you know, you've done a deal with the devil, right? The, yeah. The, the whole premise of deals with the devil, or the prince of darkness, as they call him here, is that you have to do it willingly. You have to willingly give yourself, give yeah, up your you soul. you can be tricked into it. You can be promised things that that's a trick, but, but ultimately it's a, it's a question of free will. And, right, you yeah. know, in in some extrapolations of that, it, where people try to map religion onto science fiction, it is a question of, of free will. You know, that free will is is the sin mm-hmm. of, you know, I, I, I think I will eat that apple. I mean, it's it is <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of um, it's kind of their way of mapping it over. So th- so I can see that as the logical extension. But then in the next scene, they completely throw that over. And I mean, Gavin's been searching the entire world for somebody gullible enough to go along with it. But Jessica comes along, says, yeah, you know, I believe things are, some things are possible. And they go, okay, well, then obviously she'll do it. She says, no, I won't do it. You'll do it anyway. It's like, why didn't they just kidnap the first girl they found on the street 500 years ago if, if it was that easy? It could be that part of the curse is that these people are doomed for eternity to repeat this series of steps always to be thwarted at the end they can't get out of it they have no free will they're going through this as if this is the first time they've ever met somebody who can fulfill their their goal but yet they've Mm. done it hundreds maybe thousands of times you know and that's not a bad that's not a bad idea and there's absolutely no evidence of that in the the show well the only bit of evidence is is that at the very end when the 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 drape is Curtains. moved away from the window. Yeah, and I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Something I think else it means it, it's going to restart. Starts again? Yeah, yep. it could. It could. It would have been more convincing if we could have seen who was behind that. Yes, it could have. It, that that would have been better. That would have solidified that the whole thing is is an eternal loop sort of thing. I think what would have been even weirder is if it had been a different person that we that would have been confusing. Oh, I agree. It would have been confusing, but it would have been like, what? I, I'd have left this story with a, wait, there's more to this. What? Yeah. Even if it was the woman in the coffin, 
Yeah, that would be the only person that could possibly be doing that. But even then, or or it would have to be somebody who is, exactly, who is obviously the Prince of Darkness, you know, red skin, horns, the whole bit. Yeah. In that respect, the story reminds me of something that would have been like on an Alfred Hitchcock uh, type story. Yeah, and the writer of this, um, Katzman, right? Leonard Katzman? Yes, yes. Is the producer on the show. He doesn't have a lot of writing credits. Uh, over the years, he's he's a producer, an associate producer, and whatnot. And I, I have a feeling that when the producer has to roll up his sleeves and write a script for his show, <laughs> uh, you're 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 pulling on whatever you've got in the stable that you can go. I know a ghost story. I can whip this out in no time. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I did for Playhouse ninety. Let me polish it up a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Slap a solar car in the beginning, and we're 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 set. Exactly. I help. can't say that I've heard this exact story before, but I've certainly uh, seen very similar. Yeah, definite variations of it. Definite variations yeah. of them. And I think, yeah, probably thriller or something of that nature. Yeah. It's exactly the kind of thing you would get from them. So it's it's possible. But here's the thing. The important lesson that Jessica needs to learn. When you have been captured by the... Minions of the Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to force you into swapping souls with a, a a woman in limbo. Right. And to accomplish this, they have to use their finger to paint a pentagram on your forehead. And they're holding you by the arms to do that. <laughs> your neck is your friend. Right, I I think that one of their powers whoop, might whoop, be some whoop, sort of whoop. suggestion. Flip the flip the head around a little bit, and it's, oh darn it! Now I have to wipe this off and start again. Yeah, because a pentagram is not the easiest uh, thing. You know, if you got to get it right, you got to get it right, and they got it right. But she was struggling. She just was struggling by and holding her head still. It was the dumbest, yeah. Yeah, dumbest well. thing. And you know, kick him in the nuts too. I mean, maybe it, it works, maybe it doesn't, but try it. No, that's one of the other parts of the curse. Uh, <laughs> this man has no nuts. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Gave up a lot more uh, than his soul for this one. I'm going to require <laughs> a small sacrifice. <laughs> exactly. And I do Two mean small. small <laughs> uh, so, like I said, there were things about it that I thought were kind of effective. The the knock at the door, right? The, the right. banging on the door, it's yeah, Gavin, it's Gavin, door, it's yeah. Gavin, and... And banging like crazy at that front door to let him in. And then when they open the door, he's not there. He's already in the house. That was that was kind of nice. That, that was kind of dramatic. Yeah, it's like, do you have to be bidden to enter to the house? Is that the, you know, like a, like a vampire? Uh, if it but is, once done, you can come in spiritually. And if it's not your home, I'd say yes. But if it's your place of dwelling or where you keep your coffin or whatever it is you should be able to get in there with no problem i i i agree it's uh that is problem it's just that is the way that they present yeah it. And oh yeah 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 if you watch the pre-credit spoiler of mm-hmm. the episode you'll notice the bit where jessica opens the coffin and a hand comes out and grabs her by the neck oh yes yeah so if you'd seen that pre-credit and then he did this thing where knocking at the door and then he's in, you could totally buy that he was a vampire. 
Mm-hmm. It it's set up. It's not set up in the story. It's set up in the in the trailer that's part of the story. And I I wonder if they count that. I wonder if that is part of the way they write the script. I don't know. They might. I mean, he is the producer, so he probably can say, "I want you to put the vet the." hand grabbing her neck because it makes no sense because she's still in limbo at that point but don't worry about it we'll come to it later yeah it'll work don't worry about it yeah well no we're gonna uh i oh yeah yeah no there is one other there's one terribly important thing in this episode apparently the people from the dome city do not have a word for love Right. We've talked about we've talked about this weird sort of platonic relationship that they've had. And yet in this episode, Logan Uh comes in and he's worried about Jessica and she says, now be fine. I'll be fine. Don't worry. And then as he's leaving, she's like, I do need you, though, you know, and he has a little soliloquy about all those years when I was in the city. I never cared about anyone but myself. But now I I don't even understand these feelings. And she's like, what's it like? Well, it's, it's caring and, and needing and, and wanting to be with someone. And in a way, I feel like she's trying to tease him out to say, I love you, Jessica. Yeah. But, but when he doesn't, she just goes, that's good enough. Yeah. And then they kiss. Yeah. It's like, well, wait, huh? What just happened? I mean, it was, it was relatively chaste kiss, but, but they kiss. And, Uh And he leaves, and I'm, I'm really thinking, oh, are we doing the whole they're being possessed by the spirits of other people? Maybe that people who my are mind. lovers. That yeah, crossed and my now... mind. See, another idea where it, they are all characters playing a part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you know, or the, all three of them were going to. were because there were there were two men and one woman in the house. And if you don't realize, Rem's an android. There are two men and one woman. Mm-hmm. They could be trying to steal their bodies. That's yeah, possibly. You know, that was that was another one and, and that's a theme I've seen in in many shows before. You know, somebody they their personalities start to change and they start to do things that the audience doesn't expect and you then you realize, wait, they're they're beginning to role play out the people that are gonna take over. I, I yeah, this had those sort of red herrings about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then you know, it's like just just shoot the coffin. We're fine. Story over. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This I'm gonna say that this ending was pretty lackluster. Mm-hmm. It's funny. My wife fell asleep during it. Yeah. And I'm afterwards, she was like, "Oh, I wanted to know what happened." And so I I I read her my synopsis that I was working. I said, "Here, let me finish this." And there you go. Uh, and then he shoots the coffin, and it's all over. And she's like, "Really?" Yeah. Go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can lengthen that out. They come into the room. Logan says, "Jessica." Rem says, "Shoot the coffin, Logan." Logan shoots the coffin because he said, "Fight fire with fire." With it's like fire, yeah. Where did he get yeah. that one? That's huh? All right, fine. It's Whatever. in his databanks. Uh, apparently, I, I, I fight. No, he said, "Fight fire with fire," and then he said, "Fire and brimstone." Yeah, right. he, he like, didn't know uh, the phrase. Yes, it's like okay, I I sure, I guess I'm a walking encyclopedia and ghosts are in here, so I've got all the paranormal BS <laughs> books from Borders in my library here. It's like great. 
<laughs> great. You've probably got the co- collected works of David Icke in there too, don't you? Oh, more than likely. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I don't, I don't have anything else on this. I just, the actually, you know, it, the, the kissing scene, it is interesting that the producer would be in on that. So, I mean, I guess if there was anybody, you know, he or DC Fontana would be the people that hmm. would be the ones in the position to say, okay, it's time to move this. Well, relationship maybe. on a little bit. Maybe somebody <laughs> actually had some vision in here. They could have used that about ten episodes ago, beginning of that. But hey, or like thirteen, yeah. Well, <laughs> about one before the show started, they needed that. And there you go. Um, my only other thing is that uh, the director of photography should have been uh, scolded, or maybe he was after they uh, uh, did those interior scenes in, uh, well, Logan's room and Jessica's room. There is some serious uh, lens flares falling on the lenses of those cameras. They did not put any sort of a barn door on there, no matte box to stop stray light from hitting the the uh, the front of the, the the lens elements. Could that be uh, some sort of manifestation uh, or concession? No, concession to the fact that they were shooting in a practical set instead of a studio. Would that I was be trying harder to think to of that for? too. I was I was trying to think of that too, but the. Um, it, it, no, it wouldn't have mattered because you. Well, no, you could still flag that off. I, I Dang. frankly thought I didn't notice that, but I did think that the uh, made the top of the framing frame of, of those shots, shots was weird. weird. I, I didn't really like the framing of some of those shots. Those rooms looked big and empty, and mm-hmm. they reminded me of um, a set for a play. Very high walls, you know, lights up on top, that sort of thing. Uh, they weren't shooting with super wide-angle lenses, so I don't think they were actually in real rooms. Yeah, although I remind me to talk were... about the weird cameras work in the next one we talk about here in a minute. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I think we got far more out of this one than I ever thought we would. Yeah. So let's turn about to <laughs> turn about episode thirteen. What would they go to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Synopsis. Crossing the same desert we've seen so many times before, Rem and his pets come across a woman lying on the ground. She was collecting herbs and was overcome by the sun. They save her, and she warns them to leave immediately. Too late, Gera and his patrol shows up and arrests them. It is forbidden by law to cross the completely unmarked borders of Zidor. Although it looks as if they might get away with leaving when they reveal they are runners and they are taken for judgment. Francis, hot in pursuit, tries to intervene and take them, but to no avail. They are condemned to death. Mia, the woman they rescued, contrives to rescue them, as does Francis. The escape plans happen and cross wires a bit. Rem and Mia escape, but Francis captures Logan and Jessica. They make a run for the border, sans Taco Bell. Shit. Jira pursues them and recaptures Francis. Francis is now condemned to death. Logan and Jessica return for Rim, but when Logan discovers Francis will be killed, he rescues him. Meanwhile, a quiet revolution has happened and they're all free to go. With a suitable head start for Rem and his pets. The end. Oh, and the women don't have to wear masks anymore. They had to wear masks. Right. They don't have to anymore. That's yeah. it's veils. Well, not really veils. No, they were, they were masks. They were right. definitely, they were definitely, you know, they're probably the safest, uh, safest people in that society. If, uh, if 
COVID came along. But uh, well, yeah. actually, those were pretty lame. Uh, yeah, masks, but very thin, very thin. Yeah, but uh, but it could have been space space fabric, you know, future fabric. Yeah, I think of the future. The only thing, only technology that really survived was uh, clothing fabricators. <laughs> purple dye. Yeah, oh, lots of that. That's what the city was founded on, a gigantic tank yes. of purple dye. And speaking of the city, we actually see a match shot for day and night. Okay, I will admit that I mm-hmm. just watched this episode about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And so my amount of research time is very, very low. Right. But I will swear... I've seen that matte painting shots before. Oh, yeah. Somewhere somewhere out of else. uh, And uh, Aladdin's story or something like that. What actually comes to my mind is one of the Roddenberry pilots. (laughs) One of the PAX stories. Really? But I cannot, I haven't had time to look at it, and that could be totally wrong. But it's like when I saw that, I'm like, oh, oh, this is... This is taken from something I've seen for this podcast. Then, and then the fact that they had day and night obviously means that. Although I don't know, the night one could have just been you know blue filter over it. But oh yeah, yeah, they they could they probably did that in post. You're right. It it felt it felt so familiar, and the fact, of course, we don't see them really entering and leaving adds to the idea that that was stolen footage from somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah. I love the fact that they start off at the same damn hill that they were on in the collectors. And they said, you yep. know, it could just go over this hill and it might be sanctuary. It's like, no, what it's going to be is you're going to be here again in just a few weeks. And then again in a few weeks. And they really liked this location. Yep. And not one trip to Vasquez Rocks. I know. That's weird, isn't it? Vasquez Rocks is much closer. Yeah, I'd like to know where than, uh, where this this uh, the sand dune, the dune of sands, next to the city of domes, dome city is. I wonder if that, that sand dune is shipped very much. That can't that can't be within the the thirty mile zone. Well, there's Joshua I mean, that, trees there. It's Joshua trees there, so that's like you know uh, desert palms. Could area. be area. Well, that's a good hundred miles out yeah, at they, least. And they would have had to drag the solar car out there, and that's you know no mean feat to get a trailer and all that kind of stuff. That's because it they sure as hell didn't drive that thing. Oh hell no! Poof. <laughs> ah. yeah. Take days just to repaint the front of it from all the chips from rocks and whatnot being kicked up. Probably every time. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's take a look at the take a look at the story. For starters, think somebody has uh a 1970s uh, grudge on for the Saudi Arabians? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think the writer of this probably thought, you know what, I'm going to make a script that's topical. <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting when you do get a script where they pop up and they make a big deal of the veils. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times when you see a, a show from that era and they go to Saudi Arabia, they, you know, make the female characters wear the veils and they portray it as sort of exotic. Yeah. Right. It's like, sometimes, uh, you, yeah. that, that, should, 
that's just the way you do it. You put the veil on and they rarely go with the, this is degrading to women angle. This is because you treat women like property, like cattle. And so I wonder if the writer had a, had a, 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 a little ax he wanted to grind as it sometimes is. happens in it, which is fine. Uh, it didn't really have much to do with the story, except it gave Rem a little time to pontificate about how he wouldn't do that. But uh, I think Rem was trying to uh, win their hearts. Does Rem even know how to do that? I, I think so. I think that part's in his programming. <laughs> uh, you know, this episode, I mean, let, let's let's pin a, what, a good 20 minutes of them walking oh, through the across. desert. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a complete and absolute waste of time mm-hmm. total filler episode i think that the time they did spend with with non-filler crap was I mean, fairly well spent yeah you know, the the story wasn't that bad yeah except why is it that they didn't condemn francis and and philip or peter or paul or whatever the other oh uh, sandman, unnamed sandman six yeah i don't know um other I mean, than i thought that was they their were runners law. You know, they they identified themselves as security officers and not runners. So maybe that appealed to the authoritarian uh, love that the, uh, the the purple cloak guys have and thought, well, these they're they're Yeah, these guys are good. They want to kill those other people. So, yeah, they're our friends. <laughs> I, I think Logan missed a trick there. You're runners. Take them prisoner. Logan's correct response at that moment is, no, I'm a Sandman. Look at a uniform. Oh, yeah, he well, should have. a Sandman? I'm a guy who hunts runners. That's my job. So, yep, taking these guys back. Yep, that's all. Just hauling them back. Your borders, I didn't see the uh, big can of orange paint that you painted the borders in the <laughs> desert out there. I, d- I definitely <laughs> didn't see the signs. I yeah, didn't it's see like the we have to wire. go to their, you have to go to their embassy in the, uh, the city of huts and yep. uh, request uh, permission to cross their lands. Always, always a problem. And of course, at, later in the episode, when one of the guy goes, oh, 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 we're close to the border. We can't cross the border. Looking out across nothing. Like, I mean, I guess you might know where the border is. So well, that's anything not but... on that hill. <laughs> that's it. Fair enough. They just live on a big kind of mound of rock in the middle of the desert. It's like, well, that makes Which it easy. Strangely <laughs> has water coming out of the, from I, a rock. I yeah, I, don't, I have no idea about that one. It's like oh, okay. that not no vegetation around it. Work, yeah, exactly. Nope, no stream trickling down below it. No puddle of mud. Yeah, that yep was ridiculous. <laughs> right. Okay. So this civilization is xenophobic. They don't allow people in. Uh, they did let some people in, and they brought sin and crazy ideas like freedom and yes, I guess, women not wearing masks and stuff. That was previous runners. So we mm-hmm. do know we do know runners have made it here. Yes, because it's right on and, the other side of that hill next to the cities. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is only about a block and a half from the Dome City. So exactly. Uh, that's the border you don't get to cross. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I mean, it, it's definitely, they are they are definitely going for Saudi Arabia. Yeah, there. or yeah, yeah, some sort of a uh, xenophobic little kingdom that uh, has very strict rules. I believe that if you look at the Arab world, or if you look at most of the world, uh, you know, North Korea is one, 
but Saudi Arabia has huge chunks of it that you don't get to go to, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't let outsiders in it. No, I think it's very rare that you can have, you know, free reign going all over this, the, the country. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 and the costumes, apart from the hideous purple, it's the, the veils. I mean, there, there is no doubt that they are, they're taking some shots at, at the Saudis. Well, all the, the, the women wearing the veils, they all reminded me of, uh, uh, cast members, some, some sort of a, uh, 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 Christmas play from a, a very large mega church. You know, they've got that, that nativity scene look to them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same area of the world. Yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, that, the, their, their leader, forget his name. Asa? Yeah. That thing he had around his neck, that, the only thing missing from that was, uh, silver, spray painted silver macaroni. I did not actually notice what he had around his neck. It was like a big, big disc with all sorts of, uh, like, uh, small hemispheres all over it and what I think on the edge looked like pull tabs from soda cans <laughs> stuck on there as like sure, some sort of not? metallic filigree. It was really bad. It's like that you see, is now, just we, we laugh at that, but but actually in the post apocalyptic earth oh yeah that would be like gold might yeah. actually be like these unknown objects. We don't they're know currency. what they are, but they're like yeah shekels. In, inc- like, intricate little little pieces of metal yeah yeah <laughs> so i've there is nothing to i mean in a, in a way there isn't a lot to this story i mean they get captured they get condemned to death francis decides i'm gonna i have to bust them out because mm-hmm. i need to take them back alive come back to that in a minute but um mia who they rescued decides to rescue them somehow it looked like mia was going to get him out no problem Without the lights going out. Right. Francis knocks the lights out for his rescue mm-hmm. attempt, finds out he's too late, then somehow still manages to, within inches of Rem and Mia, step in between and stop Francis, or stop Logan and, and Jessica and take them a different way. And it's mm-hmm. like, what, an hour or two later when the power comes on that Rem notices that they're gone? I don't think it was an hour. I think it was just a few minutes. Way longer than it should have been. Oh, true. True. Way, well, it way, been... I couldn't even believe it when they when these they're still walking to the thing. It's like, does he not know they aren't right? It's not that <laughs> dark in there, and then the lights come on, and he's like, oh, 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 and then he tur- then finally he turns around. And he's like, wait, we lost them. It's like, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> How did you not? No, androids are not better at hearing, sensing people in the area. Apparently uh, not seeing in the dark. Well, he was. He was truly built as an old man. <laughs> I see that. I hear that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> There's also sort of weird side story going on about Samuel and Asa. Samuel is the, uh, I don't know what his position was, but he's like the advocate or something. Yeah. And he's Grand always going here. on about, you know, we should be nice to people and we should open our borders and you shouldn't kill them. And, you know, that kind of guy. Yeah, the, very the, progressive. The fool. Yeah. The fool in the, the backwards country that's going to get his head cut off or his tongue chopped <laughs> yeah. out or something, and uh, and then he goes, he keeps threatening to go to the assembly and try to put his case to Asa, and Asa's like, oh, you know, you could be thrown in jail for rebellion or killed for rebellion. You you take your life in your hands, and then at the end of the episode, he just shows up and he goes, yeah, I went to the assembly and they said Asa's out, so I'm the new ruler. 
everybody can go. And apparently women don't need to wear masks anymore. Yeah, it was pretty fast. That was that was a quick shuffed shuffle to uh to progressivism. Uh and then, then, democracy works like that, folks. Yeah, I don't know if how we they're, just they're... had a democratically elected Saudi Arabia, everything would be fine. Oh yeah, it'd be perfect. Right. I will say that uh, I think they did burn a little bit of extra budget money here. They had a, a nice long gunfight. Uh, yeah. That was pretty impressive. And they had With the nice uh, slow lasers. Well, you know. Yeah. It's well, the light was slowed down so you could hear it go through the air. Oh, okay. as you just made the sound of it. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently uh, when DS pistols are shot and they hit rocks, they sound like gunfire. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, apparently, when DS pistols are shot by Francis, they don't hit anything. Yeah, well, you know, there's, you know, yeah. <laughs> Ten guys in purple coming up from below you. In a small box canyon. In yeah. a small box canyon, and you can't take out any of them. Yep. Which he was trying to do, I might add, with the gun, the killing gun. Oh, yeah, he had it in kill mode. He definitely. had it in kill mode. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, he yet, did. Let me, let me just... Maybe the sun was in his eyes. Remember when they shot, they took out the power station, so one sandman goes in and he distracts the guard, and then Francis comes in and freezes him with the stun gun. Yep. Can you tell me why they just didn't stun him from behind before he even knew they were there? I cannot. Okay. Just wanted to... I think they wanted to give... uh, 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 Blunt Sandman, blunt. something to do before he gets killed. Yeah. Exactly, but and also Francis never knows that he gets killed. He just no, ab- he just leaves willing him. to abandon him. He's just hey, uh, Sand, uh, Sandman. First thing learns to follow orders. Yeah, yep. Your orders are to get back to the Dome City if you're not dead. He'll either get in there, or he won't, or he's disobeyed orders. <laughs> yes, he doesn't. Doesn't care at all about the nope. other Sandman, but that's that's consistent. We do get the we do get a scene where Logan asks why you rescued me. Why didn't you just right. let them kill me and fill out the termination report? And when Francis says, you know, my orders are whose orders? Yep, exactly. Are they now? There's two facets to that. One, we know it's the old men, mm-hmm. and you know, Francis even says, "Well, when you come back, maybe you'll find out." Which trying to bait him to to go back just to find that out? Wow, potentially, potentially true that maybe they would show themselves to him before they kill him. I mean, they practically did in the last time he was there. <laughs> they just hid hid behind their desks. <laughs> the Pretty much, yeah. But don't Sandmen actually have something that gives them orders? Well, they have the computer that does. So maybe that's what. So CEO was if if Logan says to France, I mean, Logan was a Sandman. He should know Sandmen are given orders. Mm-hmm. So it makes no sense that he would ask the question, who gave you those orders? Logan knows where the orders come from. The question is, why did they give the orders? Why do they care? But that's not what he asked. He asked, who gave you those orders? <laughs> and... Like, why would you expect they came from anywhere but the normal chain of command? Mm-hmm. We are we are literally told in an earlier scene. First thing a Sandman learns to do is follow orders. Yep, which means somebody gives them orders. Always has. 
even if it's a computer. Yeah. Did we determine this was pre or post Star Wars? Oh, this is post. This was January of '78. So yeah, the uh, lightsaber. So the lightsaber sorry. battle. <laughs> yeah, can't say lightsaber without giving George Lucas five bucks. Uh, right. Or Disney. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Disney. Sorry, you have to pay the mouse. Yeah, and that holographic foil was must have been really popular back then. <laughs> Everybody was using it. I, I, what was the point of those sabers? I, because... I think they were stun batons that had some sort of a, not really a laser, but like a um, burning mode that would come out of the tip. So you could like, well, they destroyed that audio book by pointing the stick <laughs> at it <laughs> and, yeah, and frying it. And, uh, but every time he smacked... Francis in it what hurt. should have been a killing blow uh-huh. if that was a lethal weapon because I think it's just it's a stun a, baton. It's a baton. Yeah, it's a baton. If, yeah. if it doesn't impart some sort of deadly energy, you're not going to hurt anybody much with that thing. Right, right. I mean, yeah. enough, it's heavy, it, maybe Yeah, like a club, but Man, you, you don't want to kill the subjects that you're subjugating. You want to make sure that they remember not to do what they just did again. Yeah. So yeah, you get a a, a a stun wand, pretty much. <laughs> and you brought it up. It's an audio book we found in one of the ruined cities. Uh huh. Pre-atomic war. Yep. That that is a truly misguided vision of the future. There. Yeah, you know, it's a it's it's a um, silver disc with a circuit board on the inside of it. So they got the circuitry part right. There are electronics and audiobooks, and it's about the same diameter as a, I want to say a CD, but maybe a, a stack of 45s. Yeah, it, <laughs> that was a weird prop. It's like, that's an audiobook. All right. Well, it, it, it fits with props back then. You know, just a thing. You yeah, know, it's, it's mentioned thing. in the script, and you take an object that, you know, that, that you probably got. had in the prop house. Right. It, Here, take this. You need we to made make this it for, for about something. ten bucks, and uh, just you know throw it together real fast. So you, you know, so take this uh, this cosmetics box, then you know spray it silver, keep the lid clear on it, and seek this circuit board from some you know piece of hardware we had lying around that we torn off all the other cool bits and pieces from it, stick it inside there. That's it. That's your prop. It's yeah. the future. Who knows what they look like? It's the future. Yeah, yeah, I mean that—that's my problem. It's like, why that form? <laughs> I don't know, because it doesn't look remember like a how, book. <laughs> remember how bad they got the ebook? No, wrong? yeah, that was hmm, photographs of a book. <laughs> if that was supposed to look a bit like a Walkman, I could have bought that. But 1977, uh, Walkmans weren't out yet. Yeah. Well, even if they were, they would have been cassette Walkmans. Yeah, they would have been a box, not the CD ones. Yeah, you know, CDs were definitely not I'm, around. I'm, yeah, they were definitely not around. I don't even think laser discs were going at that point, were they? Um, no. Uh, Sony Walkman's out 1979. So yeah, not even that. This is just they they just made that audio book. Did we have? I mean, I guess we had books for the blind. Uh-huh. Those, those would have been cassettes. Yeah, yeah. I actually knew somebody who used to do that as a volunteer. Well, oh, nice. They'd read books and put them on cassette for libraries. I, I didn't realize. You know, I just assumed they had the commercially done, but they were not. That Libraries no. actually had people do them. 
for them. So, you know, looking, and that was much later than this. So, again, audiobook. I, I'm curious as to whether or not that was even a concept. If if the phrase audiobook was a thing, or did they make it up for this show? Uh, that might be worth uh, checking on. You know, that might take a little bit of work because you're going to come up with all sorts of things offering audiobooks. Oh yeah. Well, isn't there a, isn't there a Google service that allows you to check publications and prints for occurrences of terms? There is. I just can never remember what it's called. But uh, you can you can put in a term and you can see how it was. Yeah, I, bet. I don't remember what it is. I'm sure I can Google it and find it. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If I knew what it is, oh, I could see. I could just go to it. But oh, have we got anything else on this? Because I kind of don't think we do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We do. Sure, we do. Logan it, is an idiot uh, and yeah. goes back and, to rescue um, Francis. I'm not too surprised that Rem is always confused about humans because he has Logan as an example, and Logan has defied logic by letting Francis live so many times. It's not even funny. Which, you know, when you when you talk about his, his discussion in the last episode where he says, it's always about me, 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 you know, when I was in the Dome City and now I, I got all these new feelings. That's like, this is exactly what you're doing for Francis, your old pal. Did, did you always think about you when you had your best friend? I mean, it doesn't, you know, we don't have to go into the, the silly, oh, the head of bromance kind of nonsense, but he was your best friend. You guys spent a lot of time together. You partied with the girls together. You probably, you know, you, you had interests. You, you were friends. That's a, a form of the same thing. And he, he expresses it over and over in this show when he keeps rescuing Francis, which, as Rem puts it, nobility. It's a disease that infrequently infects <laughs> human beings. Uh -huh. And it must be contagious because Jessica and I just caught it. I... And... Yeah, let him die, Logan. <laughs> let him die. He oh, wasn't but... going to die anyway, because the the coup came in mm -hmm. before the sunrise anyway, and he would have been free. Yep. You got anything else? Uh, let's see. Uh, two things. Uh, audiobook first used nineteen forty two, so that's been around for a while. Okay. And uh, I was impressed by the the uh, security door. The effect they use in there, I'm pretty sure that that was a real argon laser beam that was being bounced around on mirrors. I so, think you're right. I, yeah, I did the, notice that you can see the, it behind rim in in a couple of shots, and that would have wouldn't have been how they would have done it in optical. It right, had the to camera was moving. There. Small camera movements to keep uh, rim framed in the shot, and the laser stayed uh, stationary. So yeah. this might and actually it was much harder been, to see. Yeah, this. Uh, might actually have been one of the more dangerous to the actors' episodes to film, because Especially that would have been rainy because he died in it. <laughs> because the the wattage on that laser would have been fairly high, you know, in the watts probably. Would it have been and dangerous for their eyesight? Yes, yeah, that well, would be that would that would blind you quickly if it hit your eye. Not if, if you're staring hit, at the beam from the side. If you keep the mirrors nice and clean. And nothing to uh, to sparkle. It's uh, safer, but yeah, even the uh, oh, you know, it, reflected yeah, light off from something yeah. would be dangerous. But probably why um, they they didn't have him like staring 
right at the beam, close to the, uh, you know, facing it. I think he, he was facing away from it when he was in the close-up shot like that. But anyways, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Huh. But that's yeah, about it. Was it. a different effect from anything <laughs> they've done previously. Yeah. Yep. Well, then I think, if I'm not mistaken, next time it's the final episode of Logan's Run. <laughs> Stargate. Yes. And uh, we'll do any series wrap-up and discussion about how uh, wonderful this show was. And, uh, yep. <laughs> so, uh, John, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash fusionpatrol or patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusionpatrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next time on Fusion Patrol, we'll be looking at two more episodes of Star Hunter Redux. In Negative Energy, we'll follow the convoluted quest to get the Transutopians' engines up to speed. And in License to Fill, we'll try to figure out how you review a clip show. Come join the conversation on Fusion Patrol. <laughs>